What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pachoki. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll discuss our biggest surprises and letdowns from Super Wildcard Weekend. We'll then preview the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and close out the show by handing out our regular season awards for the NFL. All this and more on episode 228 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 228 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own... Tyler Pachelki, what's up, TP? How are you, man? I'm good. I uh, I got my first pair of gaming headphones. Oh, and and now it sounds weird, just not hearing like all this weird. You know, I don't know. There's like my headphones don't sound right, but now I'm realizing I'm just wearing regular headphones. music headphones or yeah. audio headphones instead of just actual like gaming headphones. Yeah, that, yeah. There's a difference, and it's weird. I feel like gaming headphones probably the the sound is probably a lot more enhanced than yeah 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 it feels like it's like right behind you damn you've been you've been gaming a lot lately now now i'm just now i'm just impressed by those headphones (laughs) you've been gaming a lot lately you told me that uh you got a you got the new xbox recently yeah yeah i've been i've been going in a little bit lately some 2k some fortnite still on the fortnite grind yeah it's a fun game you get it's it's always just fun to play with people, you know. I grew up playing with the the system where you had to sit next to the person you were playing. So, I think any game that I can get on where there's multiple people playing, it's, it's a good time. I just could never get with the building aspect of Fortnite. It was too too. I'm not too very much. good by any means. So, hey, you got a solo dub the other day. You were telling me. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't want to brag on on no, air about no. it, but yeah, yeah. What up, Phase Clan? <laughs> Phase up, baby. I'm out here. So uh tyler's been gaming a lot lately uh we went to the laker game last night we'll talk about that uh coming up in the in the basketball episode coming up next episode 229 of the of the tsk show make sure you check that out after you're done listening to this episode this episode obviously is the all football all nfl episode we got a lot to talk about before we talk about our biggest surprises and letdowns from super wildcard weekend in the nfl I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Always Toyota. If you are into vintage Toyotas, especially from the 80s, whether you're buying, selling, collecting, refurbishing, anything vintage Toyota, you got to hit up my buddy Alan from Always Toyota. You can find them at Always Toyota on Instagram and alwaystoyota.com. 
just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. What you got? Is, gr- is my mic on when when we're listening to this? Sometimes. Why? I'm, sometimes there's just an ad lib in me. And I just want to get it out. You should. But I don't know if my mic's on and I don't want to just arkily I mean, throw in I a hand. I love and it. It's just me and you sitting here. You know what? I'm going to just keep, I'm going to keep your mic on from now on. I damn near. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you should. After the Seahawks said, after it said the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl, there was something inside of me I wanted to get out, but I didn't do it. I didn't know if the, <laughs> the mic was hot or not. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Uh, well, for future reference, yeah, I, will, yeah. I will keep your mic on from now on. I never that knew, intro. honestly, never knew. Never knew no, if it was on or not. Honestly, sometimes I turn it off. Sometimes I turn it on, like leave it on. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Just depends on the episode, he can, honestly. He can mute me whenever he wants, people. Like now. Man. Yep. That's a defeating feeling. <laughs> <laughs> no, you remember... You remember when we watched the the Mike and the Mad Dog 30 for 30 and yeah. you found out about the power chair? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yep. And I was like, what the hell? I was played from the start. So for a little peek behind the curtain, the power chair um, behind, like in radio is whoever is Mike one. And like sometimes in some studios, for instance, the studio that we are currently in, Tyler and I, um, the power chair is where the, the control board also is. And so whoever is sitting in the power chair has control over the control board, and I'm currently sitting in the power chair. Yeah, I was like, guess who's sitting there? <laughs> but anyway, we got uh, a lot of good stuff to talk about tonight. We're going to preview uh, the divisional round in the NFL playoffs. We're going to give out uh, our end-of-season, regular-season awards, um, basically uh, who we think should win the award and who we think is ultimately going to win the award, basically. Um, but first, we will start with our biggest surprise and biggest letdown from Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, I'll start first with my biggest letdown because I didn't have one. I, I was basically expecting Cincinnati to beat Las Vegas. I said last week on the show that the Raiders probably ran out of gas just trying to make the playoffs. And after facing all of the adversity that they had gone through this season, um, I think that them just getting to the playoffs was a miracle in itself that, that they just kind of ran out of gas. And then Big Ben, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, had counted the Steelers out early in the week, like a few days before the game, basically saying, like, we don't really have a chance. Like, let's just go out there and have some fun, basically. This is my last ride. This is going to be my last game. Um, and so that that blowout was kind of expected. And then Philly getting blown out by Tampa was expected. And, and the Rams won. So there there was no chance for that to be a letdown for me. Yeah. Um, did you have a I letdown? Th- I think the letdown, I, I try, you know, when I think of letdowns, it's like, you know, the the outcome versus ex- expectation. Yeah. And it's got to be the Cowboys. 
Okay. From All a football right, yeah. standpoint, I think they're the clear-cut uh, yeah. disappointment. Division winner this year? Yeah, yeah. To me, like, New England, like, I was rooting for New England, so there's a disappointment factor there. Yeah. But they weren't expected to win. Um, you know, the Bills should have won that game. Yeah. Okay. All right. The Cowboys, yeah. I, I, I mean, the Cowboys are just, that's the 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 playoff wins since 95. They got four Four playoff wins since 95. Zero Brady super- has more wins in Tampa yeah, yeah. than zero, the Cowboys. That's, that's why I know they only have four wins <laughs> and zero Super Bowl appearances. So um, they, they've they've had some of the most talented teams of my lifetime and done nothing. Yeah. I mean, that 2016 team with Dak and Zeke was phenomenal. That was the team that was had Super Bowl aspirations. I know Dak and Zeke were young in their career, but still that was yeah. that well, team was and really the, good. And the and Romo Witten TO era was was nasty as well. Uh yeah, I mean I mean they always put together uh a, a something that looks good on paper. Well yeah, I mean Jerry Jones is an owner that's gonna spend the money to get players that are that are cream of the crop and hopefully they can put it together and they just never have been able to do that since the nineties. So, um, yeah, I definitely think they're the disappointment of the weekend. All right, yeah. I mean, I just – I'm not really a Cowboys fan, so I kind of took yeah, joy in yeah, them losing. Well, yeah, that was kind of like a not, – not the greatest matchup. I, I hate the Niners. <laughs> now, what was your biggest surprise from the weekend? See, I, I, I feel like with surprises, there wasn't like you, like you kind of just mentioned. There wasn't okay, anything okay. that really like was a huge – Stood sub- out? Yeah, okay. I mean – like uh, I think that the Bills and the the Bills and the Cowboys again are kind of like the surprise. Like yeah, the Cowboys didn't come out stronger. I'm surprised about that. Um, and you know after the after the Patriots took that ass whooping in the snow, I thought the Bills were fucked. I mean, I thought that they had let Big Brother get jump them, you know, yeah. and close their window right in their face. Uh, they won that second game against New England, then they win the rubber match in like a dominant way. Um, I did think Belichick, I guess my surprise would be, I think Bill, I thought Belichick would be more competitive than that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's exactly what my biggest surprise was, was the fact that Buffalo blew out New England 47 to 17 rookie quarterback though. Yeah. Rookie quarterback, but the bills, they played a perfect no. offensive game and, yeah. and they scored a touchdown on every single time. Like every single time they had the ball, they didn't have any turnovers. They didn't have any field goals. They didn't punt once. And the only time that they had the ball on offense where they didn't score a touchdown was the kneel downs at the end of the game. Yeah. They were absolutely dominant those first four drives. And it was almost like the game was over, um, you know, 27 points into the game. Yeah, it, it was done. It was, and it was like that. Uh, so even if the Patriots had a decent game plan and they were playing all right, like if they would have scored touchdowns on half of those first drives, it would have been more of a game. But just to completely uh, dominate on offense, those first four possessions, and then uh, my favorite stat of the night was Josh Allen, five touchdowns, four incomplete passes. He So just, just on fire in all facets of the game, um, straight up beat the Patriots. And it was exactly what they they needed to do. They they really needed that win, with Mac with with Mac Jones playing well for the Patriots and them looking like they're going to be in the division race, uh, you know, for the next couple years with Buffalo. It's good to keep the you know to win that three game matchup, three game series against them this year. Yeah, and then going back to to Josh Allen and your favorite stat of the night, just to add to that, he became the first Bills quarterback in history to throw five touchdowns and zero interceptions in a playoff game. And he also didn't take a single sack. 
and he threw more touchdowns than he had incompletions. He had five touchdowns on the day, and like you like you mentioned, only four incompletions on the night. Yeah, I mean, perfect perfect game. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the perfect game from a quarterback. Yeah. Analytically. Analytically. God. <laughs> can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, yeah, so, I mean, that, that was honestly uh, my biggest surprise. Um, Cowboys, obviously, I think was a letdown for a lot of people because the Cowboys fans – are everywhere um yeah and you kind of got to look at it from the fans perspective of each team what their expectations were by far the cowboys fans were decimated the most for sure for sure so all right let's uh let's move on now to to preview the the next round the divisional round of the nfl playoffs we got two games on saturday two games on sunday i did like the the monday night matchup for the super wild card weekend real quick um, obviously the Rams were in it, so that obviously had a little more added interest for me. You but gave you got you gave Tom Brady another day than you got. Yeah, but but he didn't know he was playing you. So right, but just in terms of entertainment value, I think it was really cool having a Monday night playoff game for the NFL. Yeah, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three game span for the playoffs. Actually, yeah, I mean the now let's uh, let's talk about Wild Card Weekend really quick. It was. That was a dope way out. They had Manning Brothers on Monday. We they had, had Nickel- the Rock cursing on. We had Nickel- Peyton cursing on live TV in the Rock. We had Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon slime game with the Niners. Forty million people watched that. Tyler, that yeah, thing crushed yeah. the and ratings. If you, and if you watch, they do a really good job of um, kind of explaining the game to to young fans or new fans. Do you know if Riot got like uh, watched that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a it's a big deal. I feel like to to. To young sports fans so you know the monday thing kind of was a bummer as far as you get a l- one less day uh which i think is is substantial at this point in the year but um it was a cool package deal yeah a saturday a sunday a monday you know the manning brothers nickelodeon that's pretty good yeah it was it was definitely cool i think the nfl did uh, did a lot of things right with the presentation of, we of got how new, the, the we first got weekend new, of the playoffs went. We got a new Marvel movie trailer. <laughs> They're just bringing heat. Yeah, you love those Marvel movies. I do. But all right, let's 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 get back to the divisional round. The real superheroes. <laughs> all right, Saturday, the, the first game, we got the Bengals, the, fourth, uh, the four seed in the AFC. They're going to take on the Tennessee Titans, the number one team in the AFC. The Bengals, they're coming off their win against the Raiders where Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase shined in their first playoff appearance. And the Titans, they quietly, for some reason, got to enjoy the benefits of the bye week during the wild card round for having the best record in the AFC this year. They're hoping to have Derrick Henry back. He, I believe, was activated off of IR, and he's he's been going through practice. Um, and they, they said he's been looking good um, so that – they're uh they're hoping he can make his return after injuring his uh ankle or his foot excuse me on uh uh a game week 8 against the Colts um this game i think is really a toss up for me because the titans were such an under the radar team and then we don't know what derrick henry is going to look like uh, no matter how many reports say he he's looking good we're really not going to know what he looks like until we see him on the field in the game and then i mean the Bengals, they don't have anything to lose no one's was really expecting them to be here so it's like they can really play really freely and they they have a chance to upset the titans i think but i just i really don't know where to go 
with this matchup. I think ultimately it's it's going to come down to coaching and and I mean this this will probably be a preview of the the awards later on, but I think the Titans are going to end up winning this game because of Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I uh, this is this game kind of I. I wish I wish they were I wish they would have swapped the the matchups just because Bills Chiefs you know that just seems like that's going to be the road uh, to the to the Super Bowl yeah <clears throat> but and and neither one of these teams to me are a Super Bowl threat but they've also kind of proven me wrong all year yeah I think I I'm gonna go with the Bengals though I think that they've got the hot hand okay and and, and um, they've got a hot offense that I think that it's going to be a struggle for Tennessee to score with these guys. Even though I think Tennessee is going to be great, you know, you know they play great defense, great special teams, well coached. They're going to have a good game plan. Um, but the Bengals got a lot of juice right now. Yeah, uh, Burrow, Burrow's on fire. Uh, they've got a nice three three receiver set. Um, Mixon really you know, emerged this year as a great young running back. Yeah, yeah, they've got a lot of weapons. So. I actually, you know, I like this kind of like the Hawks in the playoffs last year. I don't necessarily in the see, NBA. Yeah, I don't necessarily see them winning it, but I like them making a little run here. Okay, all right. The Bengals is the Hawks of the the NFL. Okay, they made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Yes, they did. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see if the Bengals can make it kinda, to the AFC Championship kinda, game. Yeah, almost kind of like a year ahead of schedule. You know, yeah. like uh, the Titans were almost a year ahead of schedule last year. Really, the Titans have been just incredibly consistent um as a playoff threat ever since we've been doing this show and i don't think i've ever once <laughs> saw them as the threat that they are yeah it's amazing but no i mean listen they've they've had to deal with a lot this year but no yeah amazing season by the titans i mean it, it wouldn't make it, it wouldn't be surprising at all if they won. yeah uh, but i'm gonna go with the hot hand you know i think that that's a that's a big deal in sports and and momentum's a big deal they're coming off of a win. Titans are coming off of a bye. How big of a deal do you think that for like that one week bye in the playoffs is for teams? I I, I do think it's a big deal uh, just I, because of you know rest at this point in the year. Just like I was saying, it's kind of unfair to have the Monday to Sunday turnaround. An extra week is big time um, just for the body and being fresh. It does take a little bit away from momentum, um, which which can be a factor. But typically, those teams that are in the one the one seed are disciplined enough to where they're not going to let that affect them. Yep. All right. Well, moving on to the next matchup with the other one seed uh, in the NFC. Now uh, the six seed San Francisco 49ers, they got to go to green Bay to Lambeau field to take on the number one seed green Bay Packers. This is a rematch of the 2019 NFC championship game where the 49ers beat the Packers to advance to the super bowl, where the 49ers ended up losing to the chiefs two years ago. Um, it's also a rematch of a week three game this season where the Packers won 30 to 28 Rogers threw two touchdowns that day, one to Aaron Jones and one to Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams also had 12 catches for 132 yards that day. So he went off um, the 49ers. They were missing Elijah Mitchell that game because of a shoulder injury. So that was not the same 49ers team that is been on this incredible role to end the regular season into the playoffs uh, mm -hmm. right now. Um, so no, those are, those early games don't mean much anymore at this point in the year. Yeah. You know, uh, most of these football teams are different football teams. Yeah. Now I think the 49ers, while not necessarily the same situation, but I think the 49ers, much like the Bengals are playing with nothing to lose in this situation, especially with how the season ended. Yeah. As a team, I, I do believe that, but 
man, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm just like chomping at the bit. You know, it's just like if he can make a run, it would be unbelievable. Could you imagine him playing Tom Brady? Uh, could you imagine if the, you know, New, Eng- New England's out? Yeah. If Brady went down and Garoppolo's still standing, you know, they drafted Trey Lance. So uh, I-, I think it's funny, like Garoppolo is kind of in one of those weird positions where it's like he is he is kind of playing for everything. No, I mean, ever since that Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs, People have been questioning, should the 49ers stick with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback? And they caught fire at the end of the season. And, I mean, they have so many different wild cards on their team. Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. No, uh, we were talking about uh, when when I was watching their their game against Arizona. Was it? Or no, not Arizona. Um, Was it against the Rams last game of the season? No, no, no. Last week. Oh, oh. I'm a John Blake. Who they played? Dallas. We were talking about how their offense is just filled with Swiss Army knives. I mean, Debo Samuel, wide receiver, running back, Kyle Hughescheck. You know, yeah. he's a running back, fullback, tight end kind of guy. Uh, George Kittle is a is yeah, a tight end. I forgot George Kittle. Tight end, slot receiver kind of guy. I mean, those three those three dudes right there are just incredible football players. So really tough to guard and makes it really easy for Shanahan to kind of dial up some crazy stuff, get get the ball into hands of playmakers. But this is 12 degrees, Lambeau Field. No, it's supposed to be like one degree, I thought. Yeah, I mean, 12 degrees, one degree, it's going to be fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. Not- uh, and it's in Lambeau, you know. Um, this would be an incredible upset. Oh, this would be one yeah, of the biggest yeah. upsets I think in in recent memory. Yeah, this would be a, this would be a big one. Um, Joey they, Bosa has a concussion. Jimmy G's been dealing with the thumb Nin- injury. Niner, Niners got a solid team. There's no doubt about it. But I think this this Packers team is is destined to collide with with somebody in the NFC Championship game. Well, and and like you were talking about before with the with the bye week, the Packers seem to just be getting healthier right now. Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers' toe is getting better. Zadarius Smith is practicing for the first time in four months. Jair Alexander has been activated. Left tackle David Bakhtiari made his debut in Week eight, 18. Could you imagine if you know if the Packers were to win, if if Rodgers were to go into some sort of health and safety protocol, <laughs> and the conspiracies that would come from that? You if know, he gets with, COVID again, God with forbid. Ro- with Rodgers' relationship with the NFL, too, you know. Oh man, I'm just praying for some crazy, something crazy like that. I'm praying that nothing crazy like that happens, I, I wanna, Tyler. I want to see, I want to see some fireworks. I I want to see some fireworks on the field. I don't want to see fireworks and, and off some, the field and some conspiracies. <laughs> well, all right, so we're both on the Packers uh, for that game. Um, all right, moving on to Sunday, uh, we'll start uh, with the Rams and the Buccaneers game because that's the afternoon game. That's a, that's a I believe a noon kickoff. Uh, here on the West Coast, so a three o'clock kickoff on the East Coast. The number four seed, the Los Angeles Rams, they're going to the two seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Rams, they're coming off a dominant win over the Arizona Cardinals to win the season series two to one, and they avenged their home loss week four. Everyone was talking about before the game in the days leading up. Everybody was talking about how Stafford has never won a playoff game. Will Stafford be able to get the job done under the bright lights? Will he not turn the ball over? Will will he fold under pressure? No one was talking about the fact that it was Kyler Murray's first playoff game ever. And 
the defense for the Rams made that known very quickly and very early in the game, and he was barbecue chicken, and they, they just never looked back. Yeah. The Rams defense had the shortest pick six in NFL history when they picked off Kyler in his own end zone. Odell Beckham Jr. at one point had more passing yards in the game than Kyler Murray had. And so, I mean, the Rams defense played yeah. a lights-out perfect game, just like, honestly, the Bang- or the Bills, excuse me, played a, a lights-out perfect offensive game in their game against the Patriots. No, nah, and we talked about the Cardinals kind of being that team Similar to kind of what I just spoke about the Bengals. Like, they're during the regular season when they were very, you know, they were undefeated for a long time. They had, you know, one of the best records in the league for over half the season. It was still not like, are, they're still not the Bucks, the Rams, the Packers. Like, are they really still in that upper echelon? You know, they're the hot team. And again, I think they're almost like a year away or they're here a year too early. And it kind of showed. I mean, there's still some holes in that team. Yeah. Um, and, so, and some growing pains to be had. They're going to be a problem moving forward. But yeah, they were obviously they clearly missing. We're not ready to go. They were obviously missing DeAndre Hopkins a lot in that game, and he was a huge safety uh, safety blanket for Kyler Murray all year. No, and then and then AJ Green went down, and and yeah, that, I mean, but that's playoff football. You know, no team's going to be perfectly healthy. Um, and Kyler was on the field, so you can't really say you know it was any one player. They're just. Uh, they weren't quite ready, and and they lost to a team that's it's probably better than them. I mean, that's I feel like that's fair to say. Well, and I think that's one thing that I was just so pleased about with the Rams watching that game was they played the way that most people were expecting them to play all year. It's like those were the Rams that most people were like that. That's yeah, who we wanted to a, see all year. Yeah, it's a long season, so you know you're gonna have ups and downs throughout this thing. That's why we, you know, I typically stay pretty, uh, I kind of stay tight with, with the rankings and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, because one or, one or two weeks here or there doesn't really, we, we kind of see what these teams can be. And if, if you reach your potential in the playoffs, that's when, you know, you go to Super Bowls. Yeah. And obviously I think people are going to call out Stafford for only throwing the ball 17 times but I'd rather talk about the fact that he only had four incompletions and had zero turnovers. Well, and I mean, yeah. Stafford's hate was always bullshit. And, and so well, and, it's just, it's, he's finally getting the credit he deserves. Um, I, if, if, if any reason I were rooting for the Rams, it's because of Matt Stafford. I mean, he is, uh, he's a great football player. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. He was never the problem. And if people watched that game, they would have seen the Rams established the run very early with Sonny Michelle. And then they brought in Cam Akers, who was coming off the torn Achilles in the summer, less than six months post-surgery he went out there and I, I believe he had like 95 all-purpose yards and was just explosive so I mean kudos to his doctor and him himself for putting in the work to to rehab and get back for this playoff push we got to see a little bit of him in action in week 18 and then they really let him off the leash against the Cardinals and honestly it was the perfect game for them to do that because it ended up being a blowout so they got to give him some more reps than I think they probably were expecting them to with the game at hand. So, I mean, I just, I was very pleased with how the Rams played that game. And I mean, they got to go up against the defending Super Bowl champs now, a team they beat this year already. Yeah, yeah. But that was a long time ago. Exactly. And I mean, the Bucks, they're coming off a blowout win against the Eagles, 31 to 15. And I mean, the, the Bucks, though, 
they're just decimated by injury right now. No, they they are. It's it's this is a close game. I mean, this is this is a tight matchup, but I gotta go. I gotta go with Brady, man. It, it's just. This, I thought you said you were just rooting for Staff for Stafford I, and the Rams. I, I mean, I said if I'm <laughs> if I'm rooting for the Rams and Stafford, or if I'm rooting for the Rams, it's because of Stafford. But as far as who I think is going to win the game, man, it's tough to be. It's tough to bet against Brady right now. I don't know, man. He's got three offensive linemen that are questionable for the game right yeah, now. Yeah, those, those are big time injuries. That offensive line is is rock solid. Both Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are questionable, and they got two secondary guys that are questionable. They had they had three guys on their line played ninety seven percent of the snaps for the whole year. Yeah, one guy played a hundred percent. And the lowest percentage was 86% of the snaps for the whole year. So That's all, insane. All five of those guys were together 86% of the snaps for the entire season. It was it was incredible. So to those are big time injuries. I mean that it's tough. And we saw what the Rams Line, defensive front just did uh, against the Cardinals. Offensive lines have to work as a unit. It it really is a team it really is a team uh uh assignment because if you're if you're not on the same page you know, you can miss a guy like that and your quarterback's going down. And your quarterback happens to be Tom Brady. So they better be ready to rock. And, and they're playing Aaron Donald and those guys. It's gonna be tough, but I can't bet again I can't bet against Brady right now. No way. I know. It's trust me, no I'm way. very nervous for this game. He's just so far above everybody else. It's crazy. And his uh preparation and his awareness and clutchness and all that. It's just it doesn't matter all the other kind of stuff. They're, that's a tough. That's a tough game. Him and Gronk going into another playoff game together. It's it's a these, scary sight. Bo- both these Sunday Sunday games, I think, are are incredible. They're Super Bowl caliber games. I think honestly, well, not ne- well. I think it's different in the NFC just because of the Packers. No, no yeah, the NFC is not a. This is the this is the NFC champ coming out of this because Green Bay can play with LA or Tampa. Yeah. Um, but this AFC game right here, who wins this one, I think is going to be the AFC champ. Yeah. So the bull, the the Bulls, the Buffalo, I'm, I'm the Buffalo <laughs> Bulls, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills are traveling to Arrowhead to to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. This is a rematch of the AFC Championship game last season that the Chiefs won. Obviously, there's that iconic photo of Stephon Diggs just uh, standing alone on the field watching the confetti after the game as the Chiefs celebrate uh, their Super Bowl berth. Um, the, this is also a rematch of a Week 5 matchup uh, where the Bills won 38-20 to 20 in convincing fashion. Um, but like Tyler said, those early matchups don't matter now. This is playoff football. It's, it's January 2022. We're not, we're not talking about yeah, yeah. Week 5 of 2021. Yeah. Um, the Bills, they're coming off their dominant. That was weird. I did that. I'm actually in the power chair. <laughs> this is what happens when you when you sit in the power chair. You you sometimes hit a button on accident, uh, and your your headphones go out. But like I was saying, the Bills they're coming off their dominant win against the Patriots, and then the Chiefs they're coming off their dominant win over the Steelers, 42 to 21. Obviously, the one highlight I think for the Steelers in that game was T.J. Watt's touchdown after the forced fumble uh, in the first quarter. That was probably the only shining moment for the Steelers in that game, and then the Chiefs. They righted the ship and and got the job done. They won by 21 points. Um, and, I mean, like Tyler was saying, I think this is the AFC Championship game right here. Yeah. No matter who plays in the actual AFC Championship game a week, a week from 
this Sunday, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I mean the line is is negative one and a half, Kansas City. I just have I have no idea what to expect from this game. I'm going to go with the Chiefs just because they're at home yeah. and Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and that whole team have basically figured it out finally. I think. Well, yeah. Well, not really one, figured it out. They've gotten back to their old ways, I should say. Yeah, yeah, and they're all and they're all out there. They're all healthy. Yeah, I mean, you got to play Kelsey, you got to play Tyreek, and you got to play Mahomes. But the Bills, man, they they also just they're ready to go too. I mean, they've they've uh, they've been fighting to kind of be the be the team in the AFC the last couple of years. I think them beating the Patriots in the playoffs is such a confidence booster for them, especially with how it, it, it went is. down in the regular season. Them finally closing that door. And, I mean, uh, I think it was Jordan Poyer. Did you see that video the the Bills put out of him hyping up the secondary before the game? Like, tonight is, like, the end of an era. Like, we're about to, like, do this. Like, this is this is our yeah. time now, basically. Yeah. Um, I just – I think that was such a confidence booster that the Bills are going to, I think – play an exceptional football game against the Chiefs and I think this game's coming down to the wire. I don't think it's going to be a 38 to 20 type of game like we saw in week 5. Um but I'm I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this game. Yeah, I got to go with the Chiefs. Got to go with Mahomes at home. All right. So, we'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Uh now before we get out of here, uh Tyler, it's time to go through the regular season awards. Uh, so first, I will start with uh, with my MVP. I think a lot of people aren't going to like this uh, based off of what happened to him uh, at a certain point during the season, but I don't think you can consider off-field stuff for an on-field award, and Aaron Rodgers is my MVP this year. He yeah. He played in 16 games. He had 37 touchdowns, four interceptions, two of which came in week one. So he only threw two interceptions after week one. Which they got their ass kicked. Yeah. I mean, people thought he threw that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how far we've come. Yeah. He had a 68.9% completion percentage. He threw for 4,115 passing yards. He was first in, first in his division and first in his conference. He led his team to a 13-3 and record in the, the first 17-game, 18-week season. And, I mean, he was just phenomenal all year long. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the MVP. There's there's no doubt about it. I don't think anybody's even close. Like, even Brady, to me, is not there. I mean, people people could say Jonathan Taylor. People could say Cooper Cup. People could See, say Tom Brady. I, think, I feel like Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup are good reasons why it's like, the, we've seen way better performances out of individuals from running back in the wide receiver position Yeah, in the last couple of years. Like, that you know rogers if any it was like brady or no one yeah just no one on that level of winning controlling the game all that rogers is my mvp and i also think he's the offensive player of the year interesting yeah okay i just don't believe that cooper cup and jonathan taylor were dominant and 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 affected the league on offense as much as he did i think you are crazy because cooper cup is 100 percent the offensive player of the year yeah um i've seen a i've seen a lot of good receiving years and and his stats may 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 line up but he's 
he's the first triple crown receiver since Steve Smith in 2005. There have only been four to do it. Yeah. He had 145 receptions, 16 touchdowns, 1,947 receiving yards. He was knocking on the doorstep of Calvin Johnson's record. He wasn't able to do it. Um, but the Rams were doing their damnedest to get him the ball to to try and break that record. No, I mean, like the numbers, the numbers are definitely add up to all the classic, you know, years of the past when it comes to the Derrick Henry year, yeah, the Calvin Johnson year, the but AP the, year but, when but, he almost broke Eric Dickerson's the, record. But it's just like the dominance of those guys, um, and they still didn't get get it, you know. So. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I don't I didn't think that those performances, even though the stats, it's like just the way they affect the game, you know, is Cooper Cup getting the same coverage Calvin Johnson got? I don't know. You know, is Derek Cooper is he, Cup's also creating routes is, on the is, fly though? Yeah, yeah. But I mean it's I it's hard to explain because obviously the numbers say one thing, but and I don't want to take away from what he did, but I, I do believe that his he wasn't like like they're putting eight eight in the box every time Derrick Henry had the ball. You know they're putting, you know, bracket coverage on Calvin Johnson over the top every single snap. Which they may do that a lot for Cooper, but I don't think if you did that against Cooper in the, in the Rams, everybody else would torch. You know, whereas I think the Rams you have to play straight up because they have so many weapons. It's not like like Henry and Calvin were like one man teams. Yeah, you know, it's almost like the talent around. Cooper Cup is like taking away from like him being the offensive player of the year. I just think in terms of giving Aaron Rodgers MVP and, and offensive I'm, player of the year, I'm I just not, don't think the NFL would do that. And I'm not into the whole. See, that's the other thing. It's like, how is the MVP not the? Uh, I'm not into that whole like. That, that's a uh, whole other so, argument. Like though. it's like uh, it's like offensive player of the year should they should change the stipulations then? You know, yeah. like it shouldn't be a quarterback. Is offensive player of the year the best? Offensive player that's not a quarterback. You yeah, know? yeah. It's, it's I mean, kind they, of could, weird. they could give offensive player of the year to Tom Brady. It's almost like they should have quarterback MVP, offensive MVP, defensive MVP. You know, it because because that's the way. Like it, we always kind of have this conversation with this award. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, there's always there's always there's always a guy that's like knocking on that door, but is he really more dominant than of an offensive player than Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of the only. He's the only player on the field besides the center that has the ball in his hand every single play. It's it's a it's a good it's a dope position to play. <laughs> hey, you played it. It's fun. <laughs> but I mean, I just the fact that he won the receiving triple crown, I think he's gonna get the offensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah. It just seems it just seems uh yeah, it seems crazy. <laughs> like right. why why wouldn't he get MVP then, you know? It's just Yeah. No, there's I mean shit, there's an argument for that too. Yeah, but there's not. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like there is, but there isn't. All right, who do you got for defensive player of the year, Tyler? You got to go, TJ Watt. Yeah, twenty-two even and a half though, sacks. Even though it was an incredible year by Diggs, um, it, it's tough to argue with tying the sack sack mark. Yeah, twenty-two and a half sacks. He did it in fifteen games. He he tied the sack record. Michael Strahan did it in sixteen games back when it was only a sixteen-game season. So TJ did it in a 17 game season, but he only needed 15 games to do it. So that really cancels itself out when we're really talking about the record books here, because everyone's having that conversation about where do these records now stand? 
with it being an 18 week season and a 17 well, every, game. Every, all these individual things are going down. Like yeah. people got to people got to understand picks, sacks, touchdowns, yards, all that stuff's going down. Yeah. So I mean, just the fact he tied the sack record this year that's incredible in of itself. Uh, he had 48 solo tackles, five forced fumbles. I mean, he's the, yeah, and that Pittsburgh Steelers team also carried that team to the playoffs. It wasn't yeah, their defense carried them to the playoffs it, for it, sure. Not a, yeah, it, and even bigger than that, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a Roethlisberger thing. It really was like they need their running their rookie running back to play well, their offensive line to play. You know, they need they needed to squeeze everything out of everyone to make the playoffs. Yeah, um, and I mean, listen, you could say Aaron Donald could win it every year, realistically, just based off of analytics and the the pro football focus grades. That's and all where of that I'm kind of like. That's where with the yeah with the, like the Cooper Cup thing, you know, not not trying to knock on Rams players. No, but it's uh, like you can definitely. But but there I'm is even saying Aaron there is Donald isn't the defensive player of the year this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, there is something to like context and the dynamic of the situation. Yeah, because Aaron Donald gets three eyeball. guys on him every game. Yeah, yeah, and that's and you know and there's there's the receiver with the the best coverage is is not going to get thrown the ball quite as much. You're going to throw to the you know the open guy. Yeah, and TJ Watt plays more on the edge, so it's like he's going to get different coverages than Aaron Donald's getting. Yeah, different 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 ways of affecting the game. But yeah, TJ is going to be, I think, even though Diggs had such a good year, he's probably going to be pretty close to just everyone picking him. Yeah. All right, rookie offensive player of the year. I think it's a, a unanimous choice. I think it's unanimous for defensive player of the year for the rookies as well yeah yeah definitely jamar I mean, chase and michael almost, parsons almost every award on here outside of offensive player of the year i think is unanimous i think there's some debate for comeback player of the year but we'll get to that in a second um rookie offensive player of the year jamar chase 81 catches 30 13 touchdowns excuse me 1455 receiving yards he broke justin jefferson's record from last season um just a phenomenal year obviously him and joe burrow the instant chemistry because they were teammates back at lsu it just was a perfect fit for them in cincinnati with the young head coach and zach taylor who has been able to really imprint himself into this team and really build up a culture over the last two years i think um yeah i mean jamar chase i think it's going to be unanimous yeah it's easy choice and then Defensive player of the year, Michael Parsons, your favorite player, Tyler. Yeah, who I think is going to be third in defensive player of the year voting. Yeah, I mean, he's shit, he's got a legit case for defensive player of the year, not as a rookie even. Yeah, yeah, that's. I really do believe he's behind Watt and his teammate, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, 13 sacks, three forced fumbles, 64 solo tackles. Just and, a phenomenal and year. And if you watched any Cowboys games, you saw how this dude affects the football game. And let's not forget, Demarcus Lawrence got hurt, broke his foot, and was out for, I believe, six to eight weeks. Uh, and they had to move Michael Parsons to a different position, and he just excelled immediately. It was it was a hell of an adjustment for him, I think, as a rookie, for him to be able to to switch positions and and still have the type of impact that he had. So it, just a just a phenomenal year. And I mean, we talked about it earlier in the episode. Just a complete letdown for for the Cowboys. Yeah, no, they they hit the lottery with him, and I thought it was a weird pick at first. Not necessarily the talent, but the position. Um, you know, they had talent at linebacker, taking a linebacker that high when they they need other things, but it worked out. Yeah. Now, comeback player of the year. Um, I think uh, there might be some debate on who it could be. There, there's, there's. I would say there's two, maybe three, really deserving guys. I'd say but, two, but one of them I feel like came back from a 
a more gruesome in- injury and to produce the same amount on the field. Yeah, and listen, I think I, we're talking about Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to go to Dak Prescott. I think that, you know, with the contract and the emotion of that injury where it's you know, with with Burrow, not to take anything away, but he was a rookie. Exactly, he's hor- still got so much time like, left in his career. I think all that stuff matters when it comes to coming back, because coming back is like, what did you come back from? This dude was, you know, you didn't know if he was going to lose all this money. You didn't know if Dallas was going to give up on him. You didn't. You didn't. It, it was a nasty injury. Yeah. Um, and then he came back and led one of the 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 best if not the best offense in the NFL. Yeah, 16 games this season for Dak Prescott, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 68.8% completion percentage. So I mean, almost identical numbers to Aaron Rodgers except for the the 10 interceptions. He had more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers, 4449, and he was first in his division. Obviously, it didn't yeah. go well in the playoffs, but no, these are regular that, season awards. Exactly. That's why, you know, with the Burrow and Dak, you know, they both did did what they needed to do. Yeah. Um, and just for Dak to like hold out on the money and know what he was worth and and get an injury and then get the money that he felt like he deserved for him to come back and be that guy, you know, that's the, there's a you know, he had a lot of hard days and to to overcome all that kind of stuff. I mean, I definitely became a bigger Dak fan than I ever was before pre injury. Um, just to a guy that bet him bet on himself and, and then won. And then kept his end of the bargain. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, just a, I think an incredible story. And I think obviously because he's a cowboy, really I is. think he's I, got a lot I, of haters. I, he, it really, yeah. I mean, I was right there. I, I loved Romo. I, I'm not a big Cowboys fan. It was just, <laughs> he, he wasn't a lot. He wasn't. I didn't see why, you know, he was throwing these numbers out like he's Patrick Mahomes. I didn't. I didn't understand. You know why Skip Bayless thinks he's like the Michael Jordan of the NBA, but I've I've become a fan of him. I didn't. I didn't let all that kind of noise and hate affect it. It's like, dude, bet on himself. You yeah, know, kept his end of the bargain. Yeah, definitely. Um. All right, you. Uh. Oh, I forgot. Coach of the year. Yeah, yeah. There's a. There's two guys to me, but. I kind of alluded again, again, like comeback. I think this is like a clear one, a clear two, and everybody else. Yeah, I I kind of alluded to it earlier when we were talking about the Titans. I think it's got to be Mike Vrabel. They were twelve and five. They won the AFC South. They were first in the AFC for the regular season after dealing with a lot of injuries. They lost Derrick Henry. I I thought they were barely. I thought they were in a good spot when they lost him, but it was like I thought for sure they were destined for a wild card seed. I thought, they they won, might, they, I thought they might miss the playoffs. They won the AFC. I mean, it, <laughs> unbelievable coaching job. Vrabel is I I am always flabbergasted by the Titans because I don't understand why they're why they win so much. And I know I know it's because of game plan and and I know there's a lot of players on those teams, you know, defensive tackles, linebackers, offensive linemen that aren't necessarily like sexy statistic guys. So it's like, why are they winning all these games? Yeah. Uh, it's a team effort, but I think it starts with Vrabel and and how he gets his team prepared, pumped up, and and his game plans. It's 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 incredible what they did without Henry. And I just I just think even with Henry, it would have been an incredible season. <laughs> like 
Even if they, if they it would have been an even better season. Yeah, if they won the AFC with Derrick Henry, I'd still have been like, that's amazing. I can't believe he got this team there. Yeah, but they also had Julio Jones go down for extended time, and obviously he's not the same player he once was. They had they have A.J. Brown, who hasn't played, and he's missed extended time this year as well. But I just think while everybody wrote them off when Derrick Henry went down and everybody was talking about how the NFC is such a – there's so much parity in the NFC. We don't know what's going to happen between the top four teams in the NFC with the Bucks. The, the Packers, the Rams, the Cardinals, whoever. And then everybody was talking about the question marks surrounding the Chiefs with what was going on with them. The Bills and the Patriots were duking it out in the AFC East, and we didn't know what was going to happen there. The Titans, they just quietly handled business. Yeah, no, they're not a sexy team at all. It's just, it's a, it's a grit and grind, you know, beat, beat people any given Sunday, land of misfit toys type of team. Yeah. Who who did you ha- who do you have behind him? I'm guessing Belichick. No, 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 Matt Lafleur. Oh yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, I mean last year's Matt, coach of the year, I believe. Matt Matt Lafleur, the amount of the amount of outside noise that that man had to kind of oh, yeah. deal with before the season even started, not knowing as who soon his as the season ended be. last year. Yeah, I think that I think that Lafleur did an an incredible job for. The amount of you know drama he had to 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 manage. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so and they and they won the NFC. So yeah, it's easy to the two the two teams that won, they won their conferences. But I think it is deeper than that. Like, both not only did both these guys win their conference, they won it facing adversity. Yeah, definitely. So all right, um, that wraps it up. You got anything else before we get out of here for for football in the NFL? Uh, no. No, I was gonna just shout out. Uh, I this kid, this dude's gotten a bunch of shout outs on this show, but <laughs> it's still cool to just see Kellen Moore's name in the in the mix. Yeah, um, you know, can't wait to see where he lands. I, I'm I'm really hoping to see him as a head coach next year. Yeah, well, I'm gonna shout out Odell Beckham Jr. I know Corey's gonna love this. Um, yeah. He just got such a bad rap in Cleveland, and now that he's playing with a competent quarterback. He he's actually being used properly and making meaningful plays for this this Rams team that has high expectations. We're not going to blame the quarterback only for Odell and in, in Cleveland. I mean that, that that videotape his dad put out was pretty damning. We can all put out a video and make it <laughs> seem like there's a certain thing going on. Anyway, a lot of people- we can bring up Odell without tearing down other people. <laughs> anyway, he's balling. A lot of people thought that. I always thought he was balling. You, I, I'm not saying you. He's balling. There's a reason I say Corey. Yeah, <laughs> production doesn't tell the whole story. But no, I mean, th- a lot of people thought there was going to be too many cooks in the kitchen with this situation with OBJ coming to the Rams, and I mean, he's been nothing but a great teammate. He was openly lobbying for Cooper Cup to get the receiving yards re- uh, record. He he's just been nothing but the opposite of what's been talked about outside of Odell. Like I have a hard time thinking that dudes don't like Odell. That's what I'm saying. That's, that is kind of the bullshit of sports media is like hearing kind of like these things. Like, how do you like, like, how do we know who's liked in the locker room? Yeah. You can take a couple people's comments, but that doesn't tell you the whole picture. And everything that you see from Odell is this man is like, the popular kid in school that's yeah. good at everything that's yeah everybody loves him like it's it's 
almost irritating. You know, he's he's he seems like a fun loving dude. He seems like a guy that you would want on your team. He doesn't seem like a a me a, a me 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 guy just because he's flashy and confident. Right. That doesn't mean that he you know won't root for a teammate. Or he's not super, you know. He's he's not stoked when they rush in for a touchdown. Like, yeah, I think I think that has been super unfair of Odell, over in the past. Definitely, you know. And there there was you know just there was like a little tweak in in the Giants where people you know, and then it just never really recovered after that. Well, once Eli retired, it it all went to shit. Yeah, and like just his his reputation, uh, you know, as a person, you know, it just like. He had his little like outbursts in New York, which really weren't a big deal, you know. Yeah, uh, and uh, just never really because re- he was such a likable player. I mean, so exciting. they just got magnified because he was a New York Giant. Yeah, yeah, and then when production falls, then the you know the haters start climbing on. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of production falling, it has only gone up since he's been on the Rams. He's got six touchdowns since he's been on the Rams. He got his first playoff touchdown of his career. Uh, on yeah. uh, Monday night against the Cardinals, it's just he's been completely outplaying what they technically signed him for, and it's just like he's probably realistically not going to be able to come back next year. I just yeah, hope, no, hope they, they got, can figure out a way to do it. That's this is Odell out there. I mean, this is prime time Odell. Yeah, so he's not old. No, he's not. You know, he's he's in his late twenties. He's in hey, his prime. I'm pretty sure he's a year younger than Robert Woods. I think he's like 27. I think he's like 28 or 29, but yeah. regardless, dude feels good out there. Yeah, so I just I wanted to shout out Odell because I just I feel like there's been no, a lot get, said about him. No, no, I'll always give Odell some love. Yeah. So all right, with that, that wraps up episode 228 of the TSK show for Tyler Pacholki. I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.